Good morning, everybody. What's going on? How are you guys doing this morning? You good? All right, awesome. Hi, well, if I haven't had the opportunity to meet you guys yet, my name is Brian. I've been the youth pastor here for uh, probably about six or seven years now, children's pastor. Um, you know, I, I, I like to uh, stand out there every chance I get and greet people as they come in because I don't get to meet a whole lot of you guys because they don't let me out of the back very often. So I'm in there in the back with the, with the kids doing children's church, teaching back there. And uh, I'll, I'll you know, say, hey, how's it going? Is this your first time here at Crosstown? They're like, I've been going here for nine months. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. They don't let me out of the back. So, so I'm excited to be up here. And if you know, my voice starts to get a little high during a point or something, I start to sound like Larry the Cucumber or something, that's because I'm getting in children's church mode. And the point's about to drop, so pay attention during that part. It gets real exciting. But before we get started here, uh, a couple announcements I want to talk about. Uh, this Wednesday night, we have our Encounter Worship uh, service, and it's going to be amazing. If you haven't been to one yet, uh, we do a little, a little bit of worship and uh, just short teaching, um, but it really is all about inviting the Holy Spirit into our lives, calling on Him to pour into our lives, and kind of re-energizes us in the middle of the week, get that first of the month rolling. So... Make sure you're a part of that. Starts at 7 at night. So uh, next thing, we got movie night coming June 14th. We're rolling into summer now. So summer is about to begin. And uh, if you weren't a part of our movie nights last summer, they were amazing. Uh, basically, we clear out this whole sanctuary of all the chairs. And we set up this side. We hang a giant, like, 16, 17-foot screen on that wall over there. And we have a projector playing a movie. And then over here, if you've got little squirmy kids who can't sit through a whole movie, that's okay, because we'll have a little jump castle on that side for them. And then if you've got older kids who are squirmy and can't sit through a movie, middle schoolers, they get bored real quick, we have little games and activity center. We've got the Nintendo Switch, we've got a PS4, we'll have a little basketball hoop, all kinds of stuff over on this side. So make sure you're a part of that. It is it is an amazingly fun time. Oh, we'll have Kona ice too. So we'll have snow cones out the side there and they're free and popcorn and all that, you know, it's like going to the movies. It's going to be awesome. So, but all right, diving right in this past month, we've, uh, or past few months now, we've been talking about this concept of an uprising in our lives. So the idea of the kingdom of heaven coming down to earth, and, you know, thy will be done, thy kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, and showing that in our lives, how God would command us to do it, and how it should glorify him. So we've been talking about that, and uh, I was meeting with Pastor Paul um, about today's topic, and uh, we were praying about it, and we were talking about what, what's, the next, what's the next kingdom come topic here, and uh, we got service. So uh, here I am to talk to you guys about service. But if you're a regular churchgoer, I know some of you probably already had in your mind, all right, this is all right, cool, this is a uh, find your calling sermon, here we go, he's going to tell us different bodies, body parts of Christ, we all belong, we all have our own jobs here and there and stuff, and all the different body parts of Christ and stuff. Let me just first start off by saying this is not that sermon. So there is that in there. Um, but that is not what I want you to get out of this sermon. We're not talking about your specific, find your calling. I'm not, I'm not going to try and explain to you, hey, everybody needs to go find their calling today kind of thing. Um, because I, I want to start before that. There's, there's an aspect to service before that. 
Um, there's a lot that comes before that that hinders us from finding that specific calling. That's a very important thing to find that specific calling. But we need to go beyond a little bit before that and talk about that. So scripture tells us that we're called to serve God by serving others. It's very plain. It's in there nonstop, constantly. Um, in Galatians 5.13, the Apostle Paul says, says, You, my brothers, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. So no amount of serving can make us better people. No amount of serving is going to make somebody else a better person. Um, none of that, it's really, it's the other way around. We are called to be free first. We receive that salvation first, and then we serve out of that. So we were, giving, we were given this great big mission by God. We have this big, great mission. Last, uh, last week, uh, Pastor Paul talked about the Apollo 11 mission, um, and that was, that was fantastic. He related it to marriage and how the intricacies of what was happening in the Apollo 11 mission related to the intricacies of marriage. And so I was, I was just thinking about how grand that mission was, but how much greater our mission is. So Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So that mission right there, basically states that we're to bring others into this freedom that we've been called into, right? So with Galatians 5.13, when he said, you guys, you guys were called to be free. We're in that salvation thing. And then Jesus is like, yeah, you're free now. Bring other people into that freedom. I want you guys, I want you guys to share in that. So we're to, we're to bring others into that freedom calling relationship with Christ. And our actions should reflect that. And that action is in serving. So how do we do that? Paul says in Galatians, it's by serving one another. The Apostle Paul, he, in that one verse, he clarifies a lot of things about serving, though. I'm going to break that down for us real quick before we get into the actual meat of this, um, because I think it's important that we clarify or we get that clarity of what service should look like. Um, otherwise, we're going to get stuck in the trap of, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to serve the, as best as I can. And when it gets really tough, I don't know, you know, what am I going to do then? So, first, he talks, the basis for serving others is that salvation that we talked about. You are called to be free. All of the power behind serving, all of the meaning behind serving, all of the life-changing results behind serving, all of the non-temporary effects of what service can do for other people is rooted in us being saved. It's rooted in that first. It has to start there. It has to come from there. If service isn't rooted in that faith first, in that salvation first, or what Christ did for us on the cross, if I'm trying to serve somebody, then it's not pointing back to Christ anymore. It's going to point back to me in some way if it's not rooted in that, in that belief in what Christ did for us on the cross. So the sustainability of service, when it gets hard, when it's hard to just get up and get my wife a cup of water at night because I already laid down and my eyes are closed already. And she said she's thirsty. By the way, if you don't know my wife, she was the fiery little redhead standing right here singing. 
just now. She's pregnant, and so I have to serve her and give... No, I enjoy serving her. I enjoy getting her water after I am already asleep. Um, but the sustainability of service, it's because I love her. It's because of our love, my love for Christ, and Christ has called me to serve her. It's, that's what it is. I serve her out of love. It has to be there. Otherwise, things... I'll just be like, oh, come on, babe. I just laid down. Like... Um, you're still sitting up because you can't breathe because the baby's heavy. <laughs> but you're closer to getting the water than I am. Like, <laughs> no, but I can't say that. It's, it's, I, I want to serve her. I want to be a part of that because I love her. And that's a small act of showing her how much I love you. Like, you know? So second thing, Paul Paul goes over. It says, selfishness hinders service. He clarifies that. He says, do not use your freedom. Yes, you're called into salvation. And now you are free, but do not use that freedom. Be careful. Don't use that freedom to indulge in sinful, sinful nature, which what's that sinful nature? That sinful nature is ourselves. That was us before our freedom. That's our sinful nature. So it's, he's, he's warning us, don't indulge in yourself with that freedom. You're free now to choose what you want to do, but look, I'm warning you, indulging in yourself is not going to serve this purpose, this great mission that we've been called to do. We can get so preoccupied with our agendas, uh, with our goals and our dreams and the things that we want to do, like the dream that I was in when I was called to serve my wife and get her a glass of water. Like We can get so en engrossed in these or preoccupied in these things. We can, we can just be working day and night, and we're tired when we come home. It's totally understandable. But the Apostle Paul is telling us, don't indulge in your... Don't indulge in yourself. Make that effort to serve. Don't use that freedom to just indulge in yourself. Jesus tells us in Mark 8, 35, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. That whole thing just reminds me of, I was, I told this story at Encounter um, last month, and uh, it's just, I'm not going to let a repeat get in the way of a good illustration, but um, I went with uh, the new Metro Diner on Sam Rittenberg. I don't know if anybody's been there, um, but I went there with my wife to uh, have dinner, you know, and we had, we had done a lot of work during the day, worked in the yard, um, and Deanna did it all. Like, she cleaned the entire house, and I was so surprised. I was like, you did not have to do all that. But we were, you know, we were tired. Like, let's go reward ourselves. Let's go get some dinner. Uh, so we go to this Metro Diner. We're going to try that out, and... It's, it's pretty popping there. They're pretty busy. So we go in there, and they say, it's 35-minute wait, 30 or 35-minute wait. And we're like, okay, well, that's fine. We'll wait. And they have these benches outside the front of the, the Metro Diner, and they were all taken up except for one. And I was like, all right, well, we'll get this last one here. And then we see a group of uh, older ladies. I don't want to say old, but older ladies go in, and then they come out. And they're standing off to the side of the door, and I know that they had just gotten the same, you know, a 30, 35-minute wait, probably longer than us, because um, they came after us. And Dee and I both looked at this group, and then I looked back at her, and I knew what she was thinking. She was staring right at me, and I knew what she was expecting me, me to say, and I didn't. I said, look, I've been waiting for this moment for a really long time when I deserve this bench over these people. So why don't you slouch down, stick your belly out, look a little more pregnant for me. So we get this bench, okay? 
And she, she looks over at me, and she just rolls her eyes at me. <laughs> and that was when I was, I was actually, I didn't count, I was preaching um, that week on, you know, service and identity of Christ. And so she's looking at me, and I was just talking to her about this sermon, too. And she's just rolling her eyes at me. I'm like, ah, fine, okay, all right, whatever. So I get up, and she's still sitting there, though. So I look at her, and I'm like, Shh, don't, don't let pregnancy exempt you from your identity in Christ. <laughs> like, you better, you better get up, too. But no, that's a lie. She actually got it before me still. Like, but anyway, um, but no, selfishness. My selfishness will hinder me from serving and saying, oh, ladies, you take this bench. Like, this bench is for you guys. I don't, I got perfectly fine working feet. I'm young. I can stand all day, whatever, you know. Um, don't let your, don't let your freedom take over and indulge in your selfish nature. The, the third thing that he covers in that verse is the motive for serving should always be love. Should always be love. It says at the end of it, serve one another in love instead of indulging in yourself. So God is far more interested in why you serve others, not how well you do it. Not whether or not you accomplished your service. It's why, your motive. He looks at your heart. He looks at why you did it. And it doesn't matter what the outcome is because he's working through why you did it anyways. He's got plans for that. The willingness to serve out of love comes from that salvation factor, that love for Christ, that love for what he did for us first. That's where it comes from. And then we're, we're reciprocating that out to people. So it's all the thanks that he's done for us. And then that's where it points back to Jesus. When we serve others in that, that's when it points back. And that true freedom, that's when we experience that true freedom. You guys were called to be saved. That's what he said. You're called to be saved, or you're called to be free. So that's when we experience that. It's when we do it out of love. We have the good motives for it. So um, this uh, last summer, um, like I said, I was the youth pastor here, and I took our youth last summer to go, uh, I invited them all to come to the church, and uh, we made peanut butter sandwiches, and uh, we stuffed these drawstring bags with, like, toiletries, and toothpaste, like, all this stuff, uh, paper towels, um, like, daily, you know, things that were like, okay, this is a daily necessity, you know, I need these things on a day-to-day -day basis, um, and then we drove downtown, a whole big group of us, I think it was like 20-some-odd of us, and we split up into groups, and we just sought out people who needed daily needs. Like, who doesn't have these things, you know? Um, and whether or not it was going to serve them well or not, the idea behind it was that I wanted, I wanted these people to know that Christ is doing this for them, and this is a message from Christ. And whether or not you need toothpaste and, you know, a toothbrush, that's, that's for you. But um, I'll never forget... Uh, my group, we came to a guy, uh, he was laying on a bench, and we, we went to hand him his stuff, and uh, I said, hey, look, this is, this is from Christ, he wants, he wants you to know that he loves you, and he wants you to know that he still cares for you, and he's got a plan for your life, um, can I pray for you? And he started weeping, and he said, I've been, I've been an alcoholic all my life, and this is where I'm at now but I've been sober for the past eight days. He was very honest with me. Past eight days, I haven't messed up, but today, I, was, I had just gotten this money 
to go buy some alcohol. And now I know I can at least make it today because the love that you guys showed me. And I was blown away. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, that's, that's awesome. I hope you make it one more day. And you know what? Can I come back tomorrow? Like, can I make it for you another day? Like, it, it, was, it blew me away. And then instead of us praying for him, he prayed for us. Like, he prayed for my youth group. I don't know if any of, my, any of these youths were in my, my group that went there. But, um, yeah, he prayed for us. He led us in prayer. I was like, this is blowing my mind right now. Like, oh, my goodness. So, so what, do we, what, does, what does understanding service in this way do for us, though? Now we're going to get into the meat of things here. So how, how should we really respond to this? Because we can understand this all day. I mean, who doesn't understand those basic principles behind that? Like, yeah, I mean, you don't serve for yourself and stuff, and you do things, you try to do things for each other, whether we actually do it or not. We all understand that, like, right? So how should we respond then? We got to go back to the grand mission that we were given, this great big mission that we were given. Like I said earlier, this isn't a find your calling mission or sermon that we're talking about here. Jesus has already called us all into service. Just serve. It doesn't matter what it is. Jesus called us into service. So this is a, this is a wake up and let's stop, let's stop sitting around waiting on a calling or waiting on somebody to tell us what to do or waiting on our gift to be good enough to serve people. Did anybody watch Apollo 11 after last week's sermon? I had to go home and watch it because, you know, I'm a millennial technically, and uh, I, didn't, I wasn't a very good student in American history class. So I had to familiarize myself with this, this awesome mission. I knew about it. I just didn't know all of the, you know, all about it. Like, I knew we landed some awesome guys on the moon, and that was great. So, but... After I watched it, I saw some really cool things, and then I got really intrigued, and so I was just looking up random, like, facts um, about, like, the forgotten astronaut and all these things, but um, I landed on some numbers here that I want to share with you. Um, I'm not trying to, you know, throw a bunch of statistics at you or anything like that, but um, these actually intrigued me. So, uh, does anybody know how many, how many workers were employed by NASA during the Apollo 11 mission? I'm only going to give you 10 seconds, because somebody's going to whip their phone out and Google it. What? 50,000, that's a good guess, but it's a lot more than that, which is crazy. I actually asked two youth this the other night, and one of them, one of them, one of them said, yeah, it's like a really big number, like, there was probably like 50 people there. <laughs> and, and then the other one was like, he was like, no, that's not a lot, it was like 500. I was like, no, more than that, like, a lot more than that. There were 400,000 people employed by NASA during the Apollo 11 mission. At the peak, that's not even talking about like, you know, we got interns here and there and all that stuff. Um, and then there were 20,000 universities and organizations involved separately in the different aspects of getting this mission to work, this one mission to work. It's crazy. Then there's the people who watched the mission. There was, there were all these people. It was, it was, spectacular. If you looked out there, if you watched the, if you watched the documentary, um, you'll see all these scenes of all these people. Um, this is like directly outside of it right here. Um, 
these are like the really close, you know, I'm privileged to be here kind of thing. But um, there were over a million people locally who could see the launch, like actually occurring. They could see whether it was coming up over the horizon or whatever. People camped out on like riversides in their cars and stuff waiting for this launch to happen. This was, I mean, everybody knew then that this is like the greatest moment in history. This is huge. This is a big mission. So over a million people watched it locally, like with their own eyes. And then over 600 million people worldwide saw this great big mission. Worldwide. That's huge. That is a lot of people witnessing this. So this had me, this had me thinking about our great mission that we've been given and how that correlates. What we've been given to accomplish here because of our freedom that salvation that we talked about, that's been granted to us through faith in Christ and what he did for us on the cross to show other people that they have this freedom within their reach too. So this mission is accomplished when the kingdom of heaven comes here on earth and is shown through us to other people. That's when this mission is accomplished. Their mission is accomplished when two guys come back home after they had landed on the moon and they save them out of the water. Like, their mission's accomplished then. Ours is accomplished when we show people what, a glimpse of what the kingdom of heaven looks like, what they should expect, and we show them that through our service. So let me share with you, now that we've made that little correlation there, let me share with you a couple of uh, church numbers. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have maybe heard some of these before, um, but let me bring a little bit of clarity to them. A uh, 2016 study of about 5,200-ish uh, churchgoers in American churches showed that they answered a survey saying, you know, 75% of them answered saying, yeah, I pray to God during my day-to-day uh, -day kind of thing or during my week. I involve a conversation with God in there. And that's, 75% is pretty good. That's a, that's a pretty decent number. Obviously, we want, you know, you want 100%, but 75%, you know, you're not you know, you don't normally uh, expect to hear such a high number in a statistic like that. You know, it's usually a little more doom and gloom kind of thing. You know, oh, dang, we got to do better kind of thing. Well, here's the do better stat right here. 18 to 19% of that same group of the 5,200 um, actually serve on a regular basis, either in their church or in, a, in the community around them. 18 to 19%. Uh, and the problem is, and that, that was taken in 2016, and many years before that, that number has been on the trending decline. We've been declining since then. So probably here today, several years later, that number's probably a couple percents down. So my question then is, are you here to spectate the mission that's happening? Are you here just to spectate? Or are you here to be a part of this mission, this grand mission that we've been given to us. You're here to work on yourself. You know, that's, that's a good thing. Like, to, you got to get your ducks in a row. You got to get things straightened out and stuff. Oh, I'm struggling with some of these things. Uh, I need some advice. Um, are you here to make sure your family's good? Like, yeah, I bring my, I bring my family to church every week, and uh, we're here. We're here to see the mission every single week. Um, you're just here to, are you here just to bring your family as close to that river's edge so that you can see the rocket go up into the sky and say that you were there? You know, I was there, a part. 
We can come up with so many different reasons why we don't serve or we don't step into becoming a part of the mission. But ultimately, it all goes back to that verse. Apostle Paul saying in Galatians 5.13, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge in the sin sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. You've been set free to serve out of love, so don't waste your freedom. Sometimes it might feel like you're, you're just overwhelmed with life. And I totally get that. Like, I don't have time. I, I work all day. I come home. I'm just, I'm tired. I don't want to, I, I want to go to sleep. I don't know, whatever it is. It's, or you feel like your household's falling apart and you have to, you have to try and get that straightened out first. Or, but that's when God's telling us, you're still, you still have your calling on your life. And if it's your household, it, let's say you're a husband, if it's your household, then that's where you're called to serve now. But you're still called to serve. Your service is, is still required. That's still a part of your life. We're still called to do something. We can't just say, I'm tired or I have this hobby that I want to work on. I don't have time to do any of these other things because I just didn't get any me time or whatever it is. We're still called to serve one another out of love. Nobody is called to sit idly by and to wait for their calling on their lives. Our calling is thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth here as it is in heaven. Let me read to you real quick Acts chapter 1 verses 6 through 11. It says, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So if waiting on your giftedness is what's holding you up from serving, if that waiting right there is what's keeping you back, then look at that part. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. If you're, if you're saved here today, you've got your calling already, and you've got the means to achieve your calling today already. There is no waiting. There is no need to wait. You've already been called to serve. You've already been called to take your spot, a part of this great mission, and be a part. And I was, as I was watching the Apollo 11 movie, um, I, I was going through it, and I saw, um, I had to stop the movie on, uh, there's this one scene um, right here. I noticed <laughs> this, this blew my mind. I was like, he's sitting in the command room, like, while these dudes are talking to Neil and Buzz, and this guy's sitting over there, and he's just sketching the scene out, what's happening here today, this historic event. He's just sketching the scene out. And that made me think, I was like, what? This, they have, like, every job covered, anything that they could think of, anything at all that they could think of. They had somebody do it. And then, and then I saw this other, there's this other scene. Um, this guy, who is this guy? He's... <laughs> That's, that, that big giant machine there is carrying the shuttle, um, and it's massive, obviously, but there's this guy over here walking in front of it, and I don't know if you've, if you've watched the movie, there's this like giant long road that they have to take this really slow moving machine 
all the way down at walking speed. And this guy's got to walk the whole way. He's sitting there walking in front of it. But it doesn't, he's a part of the mission still. He can still say, I, I was there and I was working for NASA when Apollo 11 landed on the moon and brought those guys back. I was there to accomplish that mission. doesn't matter what he did. That's still way cooler to me. Like, I don't care what I got to do. I'm going I'm to work for NASA. I'm going to mop floors if I have to. And then, you know, if you ask, well, what would you do at NASA? Don't worry about it. But <laughs> that's, that's between me and God, <laughs> like what I did for NASA. It doesn't matter what I did. I'm going to do it, though. I mean, that's awesome. Like, so if you're waiting for your calling, like, what are you waiting for? There's nothing to wait for. We're all called to serve in some way or manner in our lives. So let me get back to Acts chapter 1. He said, uh, after this, or after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking up into heaven? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Why are you standing here looking still? What are you looking at? Why are you, haven't you been given the mission? Hasn't the mission already been, haven't you been given instruction? You were told already that the Holy Spirit's about to come. You're about to have power. You got to get going. Let's go. What are you still doing? Standing on the riverside, watching the rocket go up into the sky, just to say that you were there? Like just to say that, yeah, I was there when that mission happened. Or, that's cool and all, but, you know, I worked for NASA. I was, I made that mission. Like, I was a part of that mission. I was a part of that big, great, historic event that happened. So, we're about to go into uh, moments of expression um, in our worship. And maybe you're here... And you just listen to me basically talk to a bunch of believers because, like I said, it's about salvation. It starts there, right? Um, but I want you to know, uh, if you haven't, if you're kind of wondering and you're like, what's this, what's this Christ culture thing all about? What's this believing in Christ about? I want you to see this message as something else right now. I want you to see this message as something that brings you hope, that there is a way to freedom in our lives, for the things that plague your life, the same way that they plague my life and all the rest of our lives. There's a difference, though. There is that freedom. We've stepped into that freedom, and he's calling you to step into that freedom, too. He wants you to be a part of that freedom. And look, what this is telling me is I want to be a part of you stepping into that freedom. I want to be a part of that great big mission of you stepping into that freedom today. God has so much for our lives, and he wants us to see it through loving one another in service, to showing people that love, showing people the kingdom of heaven as we're experiencing it, showing them that Christ loves me so much. I cannot believe how much Christ loves me. But I want you to believe it. I, I want you to know. I want you to know what I'm feeling. And so I'm gonna serve you today. So we've got this, we've got a mission to do here. We've got a great mission to do. And are we going to waste 
our freedom spectating this mission. There's so many places, so many areas to serve. Like I said, I got, I'm, I'm just a youth pastor and I'm stuck in the back. I teach kids all day. If you're looking for a place to serve, I'm about to selfish plug this thing right now. <laughs> but look, I'm sorry, but look, look, I've got, who, who wouldn't look at a child drowning in a river and want to save them? I've got, I've got kids drowning in depressing thoughts and they want to know the love of Christ on their lives. If there's not more joy in seeing and bringing something like that to a child, there's screaming, there's disobedience, there's all these things where you're like, I'm messing with anybody but my kid, okay? Like, I don't want to deal with that. Look, this is what God has called us to do, to be. You can pour a cup of coffee over there for somebody, and the idea is, hey, I, I might just be pouring a cup of coffee, but I've got something for you. God's given me something for you today. How can I serve you? How can I help you today? It's not just this coffee. How can I help you today? There's, there's so much power in that. There's so much good that he has for our lives to come out of that. It's amazing. So whether or not you're going you're gonna to decide to go over here and at the cross, Look, God, take me out of the way. Pin that to the cross. You know, I, I, need, to get, I need to get myself out of the way so that, I can, so that I can serve other people out of love. Or God, show me more of your love so that I understand what my mission is today for other people. Just pin that to the cross. Take that over there. If you, if you need prayer, you feel like, you know, I heard what he said. And I hear God, the Holy Spirit speaking all my life right now, but I need, I need more clarification. You need prayer for the Holy Spirit and service in your life. We've got pastors off to the side over here in the back. And, or you just take part in communion. Over here, we'll have communion off to the left. If you have kids in here with you, by the way, bring your kids with you. Let them see you take communion. You don't, don't need to offer it to them, but let them see you do it just like they should see you serve so that it becomes real to them. It's something that's real to them in their lives and they're gonna grow up not saying that we were here on Sunday and I, yeah, every Sunday, my parents brought me to church and I watched the mission happening. No, they're gonna grow up saying, I was there when that mission was happening. Like I was a part of that mission happening and now I'm gonna be a part of that mission happening. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take hold of this too got to get our kids involved in it too. So no matter what it is, whatever area of expression you're going to take, take it knowing that God loves you so much and he wants you to show this love to everybody out of service, serving one another in love. Father God, thank you so much, God, that you love us endlessly, endless love. And that well of love never runs dry and that we can call upon the whole power of the Holy Spirit that you granted to us first and be able to take that and give it to other people. We all need that love. We all need to see it in our lives, whether we're believers now or we're going out to help people experience that who aren't believers and just show that freedom to them. God, I just pray that you would continue to empower us 
the Holy Spirit and encourage us in the hardest of times to show people that love and service. Thank you, Father, so much for your grace on our lives and your mercies that renew every single day for what we do. Thank you, God. We love you. In your name we pray.